Hello and welcome to Mad Hatter's Tea Party and Wa'al Hattar. And with me is Larissa Sansour. We're having a talk right after her show at uh, Lowry Shabibi. Hello, Larissa. Hi. Nice to have a talk with you tonight. Thank you for uh, indulging us. So a quick little background and intro to everyone listening. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, what you studied, where you're from, and how everything started? So... Um yeah, I was born in uh, Jerusalem and grew up in Bethlehem, uh, but I had to leave Bethlehem uh, with the first intifada in 1988. I was 15 back then, and uh, a lot of kids uh, whose parents could send them abroad, uh, they did because all the schools closed during the first intifada. So I chose to go to London because I wanted to be a rock star. So I joined <laughs> the band immediately. Uh, but uh, we completely sucked. So Will your parents send you to be a rock star? No, they thought I was doing something else. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I went to uh, study my O-levels and A-levels in London, uh, which is high school. Okay. Um, but I joined the band. While what I kind of music was it? Uh, just kind of like experimental um, kind of we were influenced by The Cure and that kind of thing. Okay, fair enough. And when was that, if you don't mind us uh, asking? That was in 1988. Okay, uh, so you're about late 30s? Uh, no, I'm uh, 42. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. For everyone listening, she looks <laughs> way younger than her age. But her okay. art, actually, now it makes sense because of the amount of work that she did. She's been working since 2005, at least professionally 2005 and there's a lot of work on her website and uh, I know her work from the past three big shows she had in Dubai and the, the last one I saw during Dubai Film Festival and the film was called In the Future They Ate from the Finest Porcelain is that correct? Yeah, that's right well, Alright, I'm trying to remember that one It's not the, it's it's not the a, shortest of titles It's a long title, yeah And actually to, to, to start about that did you study art? Uh, so when I when I left, I always knew that I'm gonna be an artist, and um, everyone kind of knew around me that I'm gonna be an artist. So uh, I think I took the safest route, and I actually did study fine art in London. And then I decided that the art scene in London wasn't exciting enough, and mm -hmm. I decided to move to America, where I actually finished my studies there. So I graduated with. Uh, master's degree from New York University in, uh, uh, in fine art. Um, so, but most of my practice doesn't really have uh, much to do with what I really studied because everything I studied had to do with you know, painting and sculpture. Yes. And uh, I work mostly with film and photography, so I had to kind of learn all of this by myself. And I think I started learning all these mediums because I felt that with the siege of Bethlehem in 2002, it became very clear to me that uh, whatever we get from the news is not really what I actually experienced from firsthand from talking to my relatives on the phone or um, from friends. And it, it just made it kind of hit home that we are so close to being expunged as a people. I mean, uh, that it just made it very impossible not to think of uh, using the camera and to document or to kind of like have um, memories of who you are and who your town is. And so I started working a lot with um, uh, the situation in Bethlehem at the time because yes. I felt that it was very unjust and so my whole practice kind of shifted. 
Um, and a lot of people ask me, why do you work with politics? And I think it's very hard to to explain that actually art has never been separated from politics, has always been political. Even if you think about the Russian constructivist movement, that yes. was a very charged political movement, even though everything's abstract. Even the modernist movement uh, is <laughs> very, very political. So um, the fact that it's maybe a little bit more direct, that's a, that's a different issue. But I like that directness, and I, I love that thing about a lot of art that's coming from the Middle East because I think it offers something that the sleepy Western world can no longer offer. There is this charge that I really enjoy in Middle Eastern art. Actually, funny enough, the, the, the thing that caught my eye about your latest project and why we're having this talk is your separation from the political spoon-feeding, if, if you might. Your, your recent show... Uh, the, the recent film and, and, and the work alongside with it is, um, is in a way from what I saw an evolution of your prior work for me your prior work was very I'm a Palestinian woman and I want everyone to hear the problems of Palestine and it was kind of in a way living in that realm and for the first time your video right now is it still mentions those points but but as I said before it evolved it, it grew into a central point where it's more about the larger political problem or the larger historical problem and that's what I find really exciting and really interesting I'm, I'm very happy to hear this because I think uh, it is something that I've been striving for I think it's very hard being a Palestinian you're kind of like really stuck between a hard place and mm-hmm. a wall and it's um, sometimes even though you know that this comes across as a cliche Palestinian, you know, yes. uh, work and I can't deal with this anymore. Why do I have to like corner myself in the, these kind of cliches? There is something that you can't kind of escape because you are dealing with that reality. You kind of have to deal with that context and you have to deal with the fact that you um, uh, you, you, you cannot as an engaged artist separate yourself from the context that you find yourself in mm. and the Palestinian context is a very very urgent one no, it's, it's very strong yeah. and I know you have wherever I sat around when you have Q&A's you have very strong uh, people who, who really support and understand or at least are excited that, that you are one of the few people who properly uh, show and defend the Palestinian art uh, alongside Emily Gisir and, and so on. So a bit of a tricky question is, now that you've gone beyond that in-your-face Palestinian problem, how do those uh, art critics or art fans see your work now? Uh, I'm very interested to know because uh, it, the film just um, uh, premiered in Nottingham in mm-hmm. two days ago. Okay. Uh, and in Dubai Film Festival about a month and ago. And the Dubai uh, Film Festival, I think, it, I'm not sure, it's a, it's, it attracts a completely different yes. audience than the art audience. It's a bit of an impatient audience, uh-huh. I would say, whereas the art audience is much more... Um, um, I guess more interested in, in, in concepts rather than... Yes. I mean, we can get to the difference between film and art mm. uh, later on, but to continue on your Palestinian versus not in your face, because, mm. again, the, the film is very uh, consistent with the Palestinian thought, Palestinian idea. Not to spoil anything for the, for the viewers, but the gist of it is how history is made by the winners, and, and the film was your way of cheating 
cheating that and, and kind of tricking people to creating a different history. So we, I understand from what you're saying that you've wanted to, to yourself evolve and move on from the literal Palestinian uh, uh, art production into something more global. But what was it in specific that really urged you or moved you to become more, or at least try to be more global? Um, the fact that I wanted to be, be taken seriously, because I think once you claim Ooh, you're, you're from a geographical area, <laughs> yes. it's, you're marginalized immediately. Fair so, enough. So, so don't you think they're taken seriously? No, I think I'm taken seriously. I no, mean, I mean, other, I mean yeah. don't you think the Palestinian artists who work on Palestinian causes only are taken seriously, or is it just a fad? Uh, I just think that... Um, it hurts Palestinians to always be uh, the, to sub- the, dead the subject of, you know, analysis yes. or documentary and not be the ones who are creating the medium. So I want to claim that role. I want to claim that space. I want to be the work with sci-fi. I want to attract people just by the fact that my, my film looks good. You know, I don't have to... I don't want sympathy. I want people to, like, be seduced by the work. Thank you. That, that's fair. I mean, as, as Arab artists everywhere, they, you have to be a specific dancing monkey mm-hmm. for, the, for the global world to recognize you. But now that you've established yourself, first of all, that you can do the monkey dance if you have to, but now you've, you're, you're grown and, and developed yourself to, to really take the point onto someone where they can understand it, no matter where they are. It's just the idea of oppression and control. Uh, so hopefully the, the your, your art fans wouldn't take negatively to you not being as neutral to the cause, but rather uh, grandiose and really bring people in. And then hopefully after seeing and understanding and loving your work, they would they would figure out the background and your history and everything else. So with with having now done this project, will you? continue I mean what what do you think your, your future would be do you want to do more work like this or would you still go back to I mean okay let me rephrase would you do work that has nothing necessarily to do with Palestine as a cause but the situation as an identity I think I'm kind of interested in any topic that informs our reality mm-hmm. right now so uh, and, and it, it is unfortunate that what's happening in the Middle East is actually something that influences the rest of the world right now. I think that what's been happening in Palestine is central to a lot of problems in the, wor- in, in the yes. world. So it's to think that my problem is a local problem is always a mistake because it's it's what affects uh, America, Europe, I mean, the rest of the Arab world, it is central to actually Cold War politics and what happened in World War II uh, and, and why we're experiencing all these problems right now. So I think these are problems that are universal and that we're all supposed to be uh, engaged with. But there is a way of treating those mm-hmm. subjects in different ways. I mean, it doesn't have to... I think my direction would not be kind of oh, look, do you know we are Palestinians and uh, watch us do films, you know, uh, because I think that was kind of my early way of treating the subject and being kind of humorous about it to kind of re-engage the audience to, to kind of just have a dialogue with me. But now I feel that I can kind of claim more space and therefore can actually have a bigger uh, universe when I'm, uh, when I'm doing my artwork. I mean, as, as an Arab myself, I want to I thank you for 
helping everybody else get involved. I mean, I'm never into the, the politics because politics change, leaders change, and everyone is always dealing with somebody else. So for me to connect to your work, uh, and this one was, was more just because of the, 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 the larger aspect of, of, of control rather than a, a specific person controlling a specific or a different identity. But, the, but to, to kind of to, to carry on for the original question, moving when you're going to try to move away from the past Palestinianisms, would you even go to, to as far as losing the pattern, the cafe pattern that you have in a lot of your work? That's not an option. Um, I think that I use this in a way that kind of is um, an identification mm -hmm. uh, sign and also a sign of critique. Okay. Because I think uh, there is so much focus on Palestinian identity mm -hmm. that uh, sometimes it seems artificial because, okay. and, and you can see that in or nation. Put on. When you when you see nation state, it's kind of meant to look like the skyscraper is meant to look like a, a a museum that's housing all these artifacts. There's over the top uh, Palestinian symbolism, and it's on purpose um, with the the key with, uh, that is about uh, yes. the the right of return mm -hmm. or the kefir or the folkloric dress all these are just taken and all the olive tree and all this are taken over top to kind of almost accentuate that these are no longer real kind of symbols they don't they kind of are valueless they become artifacts yeah. in that in that context which definitely is seen in your, in your video work where I think I know that in parts of the video you mentioned a sister but is that your grandmother or at least the idea of a of a past Palestine and a contemporary Palestine which is your voice uh, Am I, I reading too much in it? No, no. I think it's interesting what you're saying because uh, I mean, she also symbolizes a lot of things. I mean, yes. she's wearing the Palestinian national dress mm -hmm. based on a um, an archival image yeah. from the from 19th century, I think. Um, so she could have been my grandmother, but it's just saying that. Because even this in it, you you say you you give a, a sign off in the end to another censor who was born in the forties. Oh, that was my mother. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forget that you're you're older than you look. But but it's in a way when you when you had the, the 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 younger sister that died early on and this kind of immature death where she didn't have a chance to mm. develop and evolve to what she is, i.e., Palestine really grown to the city that uh, the country that's supposed to be, and then how. Having, having your mother's kind of dates at the end of the film can in a way connect that. I'm just wondering if, if it's a long shot, if it has something to do with it, maybe subliminally or at least in, 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 in the foreground of, of, of the work. Well, um, the death of the sister is, um, it, it kind of follows the story of why she actually has this personal trauma and why personal trauma creates radical actions. And because she's a Palestinian rebel, she actually kind of tells the story of many Palestinians yes. that they had the loss in the family and um, and life under occupation. Um, but at the same time, that loss of a sister, because she's wearing that traditional folkloric yes. dress and very old dress, it also kind of stands as a symbol for a loss of a nation, you know, because we're kind of, we are stuck between remembering the past and how we, you know, the Exodus wanna, yeah. and the Nakba, and then we're still projecting, uh, but there's no presence. Um, with my mother, uh, my mother unfortunately passed away um, 
in August this year. Sorry for your loss. Thank you. Well, she's been sick and uh, for the last three years, so she has she she knew. We all knew that. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but my mother uh, w was Russian, and uh, she always criticized the Arab world. She thought that this is. Uh, uh, <laughs> she had a lot of th funny things to say about. Uh, uh, why she, you know, ever moved was from Moscow. Was she living in Palestine? Uh, in Bethlehem, yeah. Okay, so she really moved and became... She moved with my dad, yeah. Wow, okay. Um, so she always criticized, like, what are, what are you doing, guys, Crazy in Palestine? Arabs. And can't you just, you know, uh, all sorts of things, you know. Uh, but at the heart of, of it, my mother was a, a very kind of um, a resistance uh, mm -hmm. woman. Uh, that when... Um, because... El my sister is also a filmmaker, and when we were, when she and my mother were stuck uh, during the siege, and um, she heard shooting, my mother woke my sister up, and she said, "Why are you sleeping? You're supposed to go shoot." <laughs> and she was like, "What? Work, why? work, uh, woman, work." Uh, and she was, because I heard that they're bombing children now, and somebody has to report this. So even though she had this kind of weird, yes. you know, she was always kind of at at the very bottom. Uh, if you get around to it, you realize that she was dedicated kind of human rights. I mean, in the end, when someone's yes. living in a situation, they adapt to the situation no matter where they're from. I mean, actually, uh, in the in the end. Uh, it's not where you're from, it's where you are right now mm. and what you connect to what you belong to. So which is why, again, going back to the original point, um, your development of, the, of your work becoming more uh, easily uh, absorbed by international people would actually support the cause, even if you didn't want to specifically, in a scale uh, that's bigger than it was before, just because it's not as literal as it used to be. But I mean, with that now, I want to finish our talk going more technical and talk about film versus video art. And I know that you had produced it and showed it in, a, in, a, in, in the Dubai Film Festival as well as a few other showings. Uh, if some of the people who don't, who don't know, uh, Larissa's work is, I think, one out of five prints, the video. Uh, one out of five. One yeah. out of five, yes. And um, so the question is, if five people had bought your film, mm -hmm. will it be theirs and their clothes, or do you still show it around? Um, so uh, there's um, uh, five editions, but then I have, usually I have two APs, artist copies. Okay. Uh, which uh, means that I have the right to show it whenever I get invitations by any institution Is that to show fair? it. Uh, well, the buyers also have the right to show it. Uh, okay, wherever. okay, so that's... Uh, but, I mean, as long as it's reasonable what they're doing. I mean, there is also, like, a clause in the contract mm -hmm. where, for example, I always have in my contract that I have a hard time showing it in Israel because of many reasons. Yes. Um, so there are obviously clauses in, when, you, when you sell a work like that. But so uh, what the buyer gets is the right to... Um, to exhibit and show it at film festivals and, and all that. Um, so, um, which the is the same as my rights as well. Okay. Yeah. But the reason I'm asking is because people are, no matter what, people are still not used to the whole idea of video art and or even film art. So uh, when you buy a painting even or even a, a print, if a print is one out of five, mm -hmm. then the artist can't sell the, the artist's uh, proof. And so in comparison, showing your film after everybody else has bought it necessarily, wouldn't that remove 
from there. Yeah. From the, you know, and they and they're paying good money. Although we we'll get we'll get to, to how much production of film mm-hmm. goes, but I just wanted to get it clear. But if if they have the same right that you have to show the film, then that's that, that's fair, right? Uh, yeah, and, and plus, um, I never get around to really selling my artist copies. I think that they almost there to, as a safe haven. I don't think you're legally allowed to, right? Um, yeah, I'm not sure about that point because I never sold sold out completely to get to the APs. Ah. So, oh, okay. Uh, but I always thought that the APs are there to just make sure that you never uh, lose your right to show whenever you get invitations from different institutions. So it's not, they're not there for selling, really. They're mm-hmm. there to just make sure that you have two copies you can circle around the various exhibitions. Well, I, I'm, I'm working in production before. I know how expensive... Making the smallest little film is even if you're shooting on your phone, you still have locations and costumes and production, and and your films are quite uh, strong in that aspect. I mean, uh, from what I know and what I've read and what I've heard, is everything is uh, procured by you, either bought or created specifically for the film and the writers and the editing. So there's a lot of uh, time and and effort separate from the actual money placed into making your films mm-hmm. so having the cost that they have is a I guess even more fair than when painters sell the same amount of money for one painting versus what you had to invest do you feel a little bit cheated uh, yeah definitely because um, the payoff is not as um, um, if you think about um, how much effort you put into mm-hmm. making the film, the payoff is not as good as saying putting like maybe ten percent of that effort into yes. making photographs, um, because it is a very uh, lengthy process, very costly process. It needs a lot of networking, uh, fundraising, uh, lots of begging for money, basically. Which is yeah, I know. You know I, I, on no, on no, your no, credits, no. you have a list of people who've supported you, and um, we're thankful for them for at least so that you, as an artist, can and will be able to create that sort of thing. But then, having said that, the the price for these things for for, for your every your everyday person isn't the easiest to 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 be able to get, which is why I think you have the photographs and the objects alongside with it which one support the the video but two also give this extra thing and people to be able to to have a little bit of Larissa right um, well maybe I, I kind of try I try to think like that mm-hmm. but I never really manage I think I have a very bad business mind that's why you have galleries <laughs> so um uh, the the photos were actually created first as pre-visuals for the film, so that the filmmakers know how. That's even I, more interesting. How I want to make the film. I mean, how I want it to look like. Uh, so actually, they didn't come as byproducts from the film. It was the other way around. Um, but in the end, for if, if we're talking about collectors, they mm-hmm. most collectors would understand the photograph and the idea of it much more than owning a film, even though a film is much costly and much... No, true, uh, I, I understand, yeah. but at least in a way that, that does, does help support your films in the future and you creating more work and, and you getting the, the exposure to be able to, to produce. So I guess in conclusion, thank you very much for thanks a wonderful for, film. Thanks for this. And thank for talking you. to us. And uh, my pleasure. Are you working on something in the future? Uh, 
In the future, I feel I'd rather leave it to the past. <laughs> Very clever. So if, if, if you listen to this and you're in Dubai, you can have the chance to watch uh, her film at Larry Shabibi, and it's on till... The 3rd of March. The 3rd of March. So uh, go forth, watch, absorb, and uh, let us know what you think. Thank you very much, Larissa. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> Goodbye.